Good morning and welcome to a Tuesday, January the... It's not January, sir. Or January. August. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking ahead, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> We're thinking behind. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can start over. Try at the beginning. I, yeah, I can do that, can't I? Okay, let's try that. Welcome to an, a Tuesday, August the 17th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. Uh, I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And we have back with us today uh, on Tuesday, uh, Dr. J.B. Hickson, um, due to uh, a personal family loss, he was he was absent and, and had family duties to attend to him, but we're very, very glad that that uh, he's back with us today, and uh, we're going to be talking about uh, how Christians should be responding to tyranny. Um, and I know that JB's got some great information to give us uh, on that subject, and it's something I think that's on everybody, everybody's mind, uh, every Christian's mind. And and so it's a very important subject. We're glad we're we're talking about it now today. So JB. Uh, we have a whole lot of stuff has happened in the last, just the last week. And, uh, we've got new government mandates coming out, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, it seems as though, uh, what we once knew as the United States of America, a free and democratic Republic is, is morphing into, um, a tyranny of sorts, a medical tyranny. And uh, all of the signs are there, uh, and I'm sure there are a lot of Christians wondering, what should we do about this? How should we be reacting to this, and how should we respond, or should we respond at all? And uh, I, I know you've got some, some answers to that prepared, so if you would, uh, let us know, how should Christians respond to tyranny? Well, thanks so much, Curtis, and thank you for your prayers uh, for my family last week as yes, we uh, were uh, attending a funeral uh, of my mother-in-law, dear Christian lady who's now with uh, with the Lord. And uh, we uh, miss being with you, of course, but I'm thankful that uh, you didn't fill my spot. You know, sometimes when, when a, a regular kind of has to miss one week, a, the backup comes in and steals the show, you know. Uh, and he ends up becoming the starter, and so I'm glad I didn't get bumped. But, oh no, uh, we would never, it, we would never do that to you, JB. We love you, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate. It. We love you guys too, and really do appreciate the prayers. And yeah, so what I'd like to do today in our uh, two parts of uh, today's show is, uh, first of all, uh, we do want to reflect on a lot of the things that have happened in the two weeks since I've had the privilege of being with you. Uh, but also, I want to make those uh, remarks and those uh, observations in the context of what Christians should be doing. You know, I've gotten a lot of uh, email and uh, different communications and posts on some of the different video channels as my What in the World is Going On series uh, has uh, gotten some traction. And uh, by the way, we will be looking at part four of that series uh, tomorrow night. And right. I encourage all of your listeners to tune in at notbyworks.org at 6 p.m. Mountain Time for the live stream. Uh, if you're not able to live stream it tomorrow night, uh, then the video will be posted uh, by later that night, and you can watch it at your leisure. 
uh, late Wednesday night or, or Thursday or any time after that. But uh, tomorrow night, we're going to be looking at Agenda 2030 and the Luciferian timetable. Oh, yeah. uh, as you just said, a lot of things are happening very fast, and it certainly leads us to believe that uh, the Luciferians are entering uh, the end game, and we need to kind of point out some of those uh, so those things. And so mm-hmm. that's what we're going to be doing uh, tomorrow night. But for today's show, you know, you mentioned the tyranny and how Christians should respond to tyranny. Uh, there is an expert uh, that I have read most of his books and followed uh, his teaching for 15 plus years now, who uh, often uses the phrase, uh, the totalitarian tiptoe to refer to the uh, slow and methodical efforts of the Luciferians to usher in uh, the satanic one world government, just as scripture says will happen. And uh, he talks about how that's been going on really for centuries mm-hmm. and uh, ultimately even for 6,000 years, we would say, going back to right. Satan's deception in the garden. Right. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking about that phrase totalitarian tiptoe, and that might have been a, descri- a good description uh, in years past, but in the uh, 520 days since, uh, or 21 days, I guess, today, since the medical tyranny began and the uh, COVID scam was rolled out, it really is not so much a totalitarian tiptoe as it is a tyrannical trampling. And that's what I see happening. And I'm getting lots of different responses from uh, believers. Uh, some are uh, still deceived and therefore critical. Um, they still have their head in the sand. And honestly, at this point, if uh, if believers cannot see what's happening before our very eyes, I, I don't know what else we can do. Um, we can explain it, but we can't understand it for you. That's up to you. And uh, and honestly, when I get criticism from people, uh, usually it's based on, you know, anecdotes. They'll say, you know, you're being insensitive. You know, my, you know, grandfather died of COVID and you're being insensitive. Well, I, I realize people are dying and that's tragic. And people have been dying of the flu every year. Uh, uh, it's it's it is tragic. Um, uh, flu, flu and upper respiratory acute syndrome, uh, SARS type viruses are very dangerous, especially for those with compromised immune systems. Uh, but that's always been the case. Um, and as a, just as one case in point, in 2019, there were over 600,000 uh, young people under the age of 18 uh, that died of the flu. And, uh, and yet nobody was requiring all children you know, age kindergarten and up to wear masks. Nobody said a word about it. You never heard one peep about it. No. And now, now suddenly this year, you know, now with, you know, literally 0.02%, you have two and one million, two out of every one million children are dying. That's it. It's like, I think five zero point five point zero 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 two is the percentage there of chance of dying from COVID. And yet, school districts all across the nation are mandating masks and uh, so people just aren't thinking rationally they're not thinking logically and they're buying the deception that is being propagated by the media by the health department by the cdc by the fda by the white house and they're not thinking critically about the facts of the matter. And I, I've tried to show that in our series, What in the World is Going On. Uh, nobody, for example, is talking about the literally tens of thousands, according to the CDC and FDA, tens of thousands 
of people that are uh, uh, getting severely sick and dying. Uh, the latest data from the CDC and FDA, uh, which they control the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, right. uh, run by the CDC and FDA jointly, uh, is over. I just checked it for July 30th. That's the latest data that has come out. Over half a million severe reactions and almost 13,000 deaths. Uh, and yet nobody's talking about those deaths. Uh, so clearly, uh, and we don't want to necessarily rehash all of the facts I've given uh, in part two of my What in the World is Going On series, 16 incontrovertible proofs that uh, the pandemic was a pre-planned agenda. Uh, but the question now becomes for believers that do recognize the truth and do realize that uh, this is a serious paradigm shift in our country away from freedom and uh, constitutional rights and so forth, what do we do? And so to answer that question, I want us to take a look at a passage that may be familiar to some of our listeners from Genesis 26, when uh, Abimelech, the king of Gerar, uh, was uh, chasing Isaac, and uh, Isaac was uh, thinking about fleeing to Egypt to escape uh, Gerar and to escape the famine that was in the land. Mm -hmm. And uh, but God spoke to Isaac and told him that he needed to stay there. And in Genesis 26, God reaffirms the A Abrahamic covenant that God had given to Abraham back in Genesis 12. Mm -hmm. And he promises that, uh, that he'll, he'll bless, he'll be with Isaac and he'll bless him. And uh, so you pick it up in verse 16 of Genesis 26. Uh, uh, Abimelech even begins to see that God's hand of blessing is on Isaac. And Abimelech says to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. <laughs> I love that, that <laughs> phrase. And, uh, and certainly, you know, God can show himself mighty in the face of, of enemies. But what was interesting is that as Isaac and his crew begin to travel throughout the barren land, uh, they began to dig wells. And if you know anything about the ancient Near East, the wells, water wells, were a sign of prosperity and blessing and wealth. Uh, the, the more uh, prosperous you were as a family or as a clan, the deeper your wells and the more abundant your wells. But uh, these wells in that region had originally been dug by his father Abraham, but the Philistines had come along and, and stopped them all up and destroyed them. And uh, so it really was a barren land in the midst of a famine. And yet God says, dig a well. And so Isaac does just that. He and his servants dig a well in that valley. And guess what? They found running water there. And then they moved on. And uh, they dug another well. And, uh, and guess what? They found water there. And they kept obeying God and trusting God and digging wells. And uh, I think that's uh, sort of a good reminder for us today that we need to keep trusting God and keep digging wells. I mean, that's a, I'm using that as a metaphor now. It was literal wells in Isaac's day. But uh, for us today, we need to keep trusting God and doing the next thing, uh, being prepared and not become consumed and obsessed with the dangers that lie ahead. And make no mistake, there are dangers coming. At this point, again, if, if, if people don't see that and don't recognize how precarious things are, uh, in this world right now, uh, I don't know what to tell you, honestly. I, right. you know, I can't, uh, right. like I said, I can explain it to you, but I, I can't understand it for you. Uh, 
But, you know, then I thought of Proverbs 16. I got to thinking about wells. And, uh, and by the way, this whole uh, thought about uh, uh, Isaac and the wells, just sort of the Lord put it on my heart this very morning. I, I went and had breakfast this morning with some men in my church very early, and it was about 45 minutes away. And on my drive back, I was thinking about this. But at the breakfast, somebody was mentioning uh, some problems with their well on their property and, and it, the Lord just brought this passage to my mind and I kind of shared it with them and then I on my drive back I had some time to really think think about it even further and, and I feel like it's a good reminder again that uh, God is faithful but in, in Proverbs 16 Proverbs says understanding is a wellspring of life to him who yeah. has it yes <laughs> and you know that wellspring there is, is similar to the word well water well it, it refers to water boiling up above the surface of the in abundance the bible says that understanding is like that and so if people don't understand what's going on then they're going to be stuck like a fool in its folly the verse goes on to say but if they do understand and see all that's happening in this world through the lens of truth uh, and then respond to it through the lens of scripture then they will be uh, they will be happy you know, they will have abundance. Uh, you know, Proverbs uh, tells us, in, in also in that same passage in Proverbs 16, verse 20, he who heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. Yes. And uh, it, just, it just occurs to me, Curtis, that anxiety, stress, uh, fear, all of those, <clears throat> all of those are the opposite of happiness right right you, you would never consider someone who is anxious and nervous and fearful and depressed you would not consider them happy right that's correct the biblical concept of happiness is contentment satisfaction uh and when we put our trust in the lord that's what we experience that type of happiness and contentment, amen. satisfaction amen but when we fear what man can and is doing to us then we uh, obviously are not happy and so I guess the overarching thing to remember is that we have to trust God because if not the alternative is a life of you know distress and anxiety and fear and we, we can't think clearly when we're fearful which is precisely what the enemy wants right he, he wants us to be confused he wants us to be fearful he wants us to simply do what we're told and do what these Satan-worshipping Luciferian government leaders are telling us to do. And again, for some of your listeners, that may sound hyperbolic. Uh, it's not. Uh, if, if you have not yet uh, studied the Luciferian conspiracy, I encourage you to watch my 18-part video series, Spirit of the Antichrist in which I trace it all the way back to Genesis and show you that for 6,000 years, Satan has been conspiring with demons and human agents to try to take over this world through massive deception. And only by the grace of God and God's sovereign timetable has that been held back. Mm -hmm. But we know from Scripture, uh, if you believe God's word, and I do, that ultimately Satan will succeed for a period of time. Right. Uh, ultimately, he will take over uh, this world and, uh, and, and the Antichrist, you know, will, uh, will lead it. Um, you know, I've said for many years now, and, 
and, and I again I covered this in my Spirit of the Antichrist series that when the time comes for the Antichrist to be unveiled, he's not going to appear on the world stage and then try to start building the new world order. The new world order will already be prepared and ready to go for his arrival, so that when he takes his place as the leader of the world, he will immediately have control of a unified planet. Right. And um, right. so you know, I think that's 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 something that's happening right before you know our very eyes. But uh, I guess you know, I, I I would point to say, for example, Psalm five or King David, uh, who wrote you know seventy five psalms, half of the psalms, uh, is encouraging us. Uh, and he says, for and, and by the way, this is uh, when he was uh, you know running uh, from. Uh, I forget what the context was, but he was he was obviously facing some type of personal enemy. And uh, actually, this particular psalm doesn't tell us. I was thinking of a different one. I'm studying psalms right now in our Sunday morning service, and so I've got a bunch of psalms running through my mind. But Psalm 5 is, we don't know the context, but it's clearly uh, a, a, a cry for help and for to, to be rescued from uh, his enemy. And listen to what he says. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. He goes on to say, you shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors, the Lord abhors, that's strong language, the bloodthirsty and deceitful man, which is exactly what we're dealing with right now. We've caught uh, the Luciferians in lie after lie after lie. Of course, Jesus reminds us that the Satan is the father of lies and when he speaks, everything he says is a lie because he, he cannot possibly do anything else. Everything he says is a lie. Um, mm -hmm. And so the, the Lord will destroy them ultimately. And then he go, David goes on in Psalm 5 to say, For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is destruction. Their throat is an open tomb. They flatter with their tongue. Just one metaphor after another talking about these lying liars. Um and again, if you don't understand the premise that there are really, really bad Satan-worshipping evil people pulling the strings of our government right now, then of course it's going to be harder for you to understand what's happening to you. Uh, you know, you're going to just continue to bow down and worship at the altar of Fauci or the government or the CDC or your school board or your health department or whatever, and 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 believe a, a lie that is patently scientifically proven to be false. But if you, if you start with the premise that is thoroughly biblical, that there are pretty evil people working at the behest of Satan to do us harm, then it begins to strip away some of the blinders and your eyes are open and you begin to say, wow, I didn't realize it was, it was this bad. But to David ends that, or doesn't end it, but toward the end of the song, he goes on to say, but let those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor you will surround him as with a shield. So, again, we know that guys, things are going to get tough. Jesus promised in this world we will have tribulation. Uh, we know that Paul said the evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, 2 Timothy 3.13. But none of this should catch us off guard. But we also need to remember that the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. 
Proverbs 15, 3. And uh, that the Lord has made all for himself, even the wicked for the day of doom. Proverbs 16, 4. In other words, their day is coming. Right. And uh, Proverbs 14, 19 says, The evil will bow before the good, and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. And that's what we look forward to in the coming kingdom uh, someday. So, Amen. you know, I just want our listeners to be encouraged and to recognize that a better day is coming, but you better get your head out of the sand um, because uh, it's not looking good in the, in the near term. And if you're not prepared, you're going to be uh, swept away. And uh, one key indicator of that, and I'm sure you saw this, uh, Curtis, is that last Friday, uh, the Department of Homeland Security issued a new terror alert. Oh, it's yeah. First time, first time in several years that they've actually issued a mm-hmm. new one of this level. And it's a bulletin in which they're saying for the next 90 days that they are anticipating more terror attacks to coincide with the anniversary, the 20th anniversary of uh, the 9-11 false flag. Mm-hmm. And right at the top of their list, and I'm going to show this and read uh, from the bulletin uh, Wednesday night as part of my presentation and what in the world is going on. But right at the top of, uh, of the uh, uh, list, and this was right on NBC Nightly News with Lester Holt. Uh, I've got a screenshot of it. I actually watched the video and did a screenshot. It says potential terror threats. And what would you think is the first thing on the list? <laughs> Anybody who opposes COVID, COVID regulation or restriction. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you believe as do hundreds of thousands of doctors worldwide, as I demonstrated in part one of this uh, series, or maybe it was part two, uh, but if you believe, along with hundreds of thousands of medical doctors, physicians, pediatricians, surgeons, virologists, other scientists, that wearing masks is unhealthy, dangerous, and has absolutely no benefit against a severe acute respiratory syndrome virus like COVID, then you are now a terrorist. Yeah. And people need to think to understand that's not just empty rhetoric. No. Once DHS no. has declared someone a terrorist. They can then seize your bank accounts. That's right. They can then put you on a no-fly list. That's right. They can then, you know, put you away in, in a prison with no due mm-hmm. process, like some of our American uh, fellow Americans are right now, who were guilty of nothing more than basically misdemeanor trespass mm-hmm. on January sixth, and yet now they're locked away in a Gitmo-style prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not a small thing to be considered a terrorist, and the Homeland Security just called me and you a terrorist. That's right. Anybody that doesn't want to take an experimental uh, genetic modifying bioinjection is a terrorist. And, uh, wow. and that's why they're forcing it more and more and more. So uh-huh. uh, so thanks for letting me kind of rattle on there with all of that uh, sort of preface to uh, really some of the things that have happened in the last two weeks. But, the, but I won't people to realize number one is bad but number two god is bigger oh absolutely and he's still in control yeah no doubt but jb no jb if i may interject uh when i go into a store i tell the uh, the cashier that i remember when only criminals wore masks <laughs> and now if yeah. i don't wear one i'm the criminal yeah no absolutely it's 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 literally turning 
logic, sensibility, and truth on its head. And, um, you know, again, there are more people right now getting sick and dying from the experimental injection than there ever are from the flu. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but remember, every every so-called case of COVID, and by the way, when I say so-called, I'm not denying that people are sick. I'm just rejecting whether it's really COVID because even the CDC has rejected whether it's even COVID. That's that's correct. Every single case, so-called case of COVID, is uh, based upon either A, simply symptoms where they don't actually do any kind of a test. They just say, you've got a lot of the symptoms that correspond with a coronavirus, so we're going to call it COVID. And early on in the pandemic, the CDC issued a statement saying that doctors could not only do that without testing, but they would be incentivized to do that. Uh, In fact, we've got examples uh, of people that weren't even sick, but because their spouse or someone in their home was sick with a flu-like symptom, they not only said the sick person has COVID without doing any testing, but anyone that came in contact with them, they also labeled as COVID, so they would get the money that the government was doling out, Mm -hmm. even if they had no symptoms. So, so, So that's point number one, but even more than that, when they were tested, which they did tests by the millions in this country, oh, yeah. when they were tested, they used a test which the CDC has now been forced to admit is unreliable and cannot distinguish between the flu and COVID. Yeah. And so they have told all the labs in the country they must stop using it by December 31st. It is unreliable. And so I mean, you think about the gravity of that, the entire COVID response was predicated upon a false test. Yeah, the PCR test. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, if, and if anybody wants the link, I'm happy to send you a link right to the CDC's page where they issued an alert in July and said, look, stop using it. Now, of course, many doctors and scientists were saying that all along. Yes, uh, they were. All kinds of independent tests from groups that were showing that these PCR tests were absolutely worthless for detecting COVID. So next time someone tells you they have COVID, here's what I want you to add, or that they know someone who had COVID. Say, really, that's great. Can I see the lab results that show COVID? Because there are no blood work tests that show COVID. There's just a little Q-tip that is 90% false positive, admitted, Totally admitted on record. That's right. And, uh, and, and that's all they've got. Either that or just speculation based on symptoms. Yep. Those are the two ways that someone gets designated as having COVID. So ask <laughs> them, hey, can I see the, the lab work for that? Yeah, that's right. That's right. That would be a smart thing to do. Yeah. So, JB, so, do you think it would be a safe statement to make uh, to say that the more Christian your worldview is, the less susceptible to deception you are. I would with one uh, modification. I would say the more biblical your worldview is, the less susceptible you are yes. uh, to deception because there are a lot of Christians out there who who are probably really Christians. They probably placed their faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again. They're born again. But they're, they're a part of a Christian community or a Christian church or a Christian subgroup that really knows very little about the Bible. Right, and and right. therefore, they're following people like Beth Moore, who's out there telling all believers they should get the vaccine, or Franklin Graham, or oh, Robert yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah. 
you know, so they're they're swept up in this tide of deception. So a Christian worldview isn't necessarily the same as a biblical worldview. That is very true. Very true. Thank you for correcting me on that, because that is exactly what I meant was a biblical worldview. But uh, uh, yeah, the more biblical your worldview, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the less susceptible to this type of deception you'll be, the more of the truth you'll actually be able to to understand. And uh, uh, appreciate you reminding that, uh, us of that this morning, JB, in this first half hour. Uh, we are coming up on a, on our half hour break. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're planning on staying with us for the next half hour, right? Yeah, if you'll have me. Absolutely. Oh, of course we, <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way, brother. Uh, so listen, what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a brief break here. Uh, we'll be back momentarily. Be certain to, uh, stay with us and, and hear, uh, some, some critical information coming up in the next half hour with Dr. J.B. Hickson, uh, Stay tuned, and we will be returning very shortly. <laughs> 